You are listening to Three Kitchens Podcast, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. We release a new episode every Tuesday. Come join us for a new recipe and a good story. The Alberta Podcast Network supports Alberta-made podcasts and connects listeners to Alberta-based businesses, organizations, and community partners. First launched in 2017 with 10 podcasts, it has continued to build over the years and now includes close to 40 unique podcasts from Edmonton, Calgary, and Red Deer on topics ranging from local politics to sports to education to entrepreneurship to arts, food, history, movies, and much more. There's truly something for everyone. The Alberta Podcast Network continues building something that helps Alberta podcasters, sponsors, and the wider community. Check out albertapodcastnetwork.com for the complete curated roster of Alberta-made podcasts, powered by sponsors interested in reaching the community. Welcome to another episode of Three Kitchens Podcast. Over there on my screen is Erin Walker. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you I'm, today? I'm good. My name is Heather Dyer and I'm over here on my side of the screen. Recently, we were having a discussion with somebody just chit-chatting about cooking and stuff. And she lives in Europe in a place where they have energy restrictions happening. Yes remember this and she asked us if we did much with like countertop electrical appliances because um, it's one way to sort of if you cook that way you could maybe reduce some of your energy use if it's something that would take all day in the oven to braise Mm -hmm. or something maybe you could do it more efficiently in an instant pot yes and it sounded like possibly the ovens or bigger appliances were gas powered which is um sort Mm -hmm. of the biggest thing that they've got limitations on and so using anything that's electric sounded like the better way to go and even just some Mm -hmm. of the efficiencies in terms of their electrical systems like she was talking about how they have switches in their rooms that will turn off all the outlets in their room so that you don't get that like ghost power suckage and and stuff like that and i thought that's genius why don't why don't we have that Yes, it's a it's a completely different experience here versus <laughs> our, there, our okay? government wants us to use more energy, more power, fossil fuels all the way. Burn, so, baby, burn. <laughs> so I know you don't have an instant pot, but I thought that I would take her suggestion and make something in an instant pot and give some ideas for how you could maybe use one as an energy savings. And for me, the instant pot is actually more about time savings. <laughs> An instant pot can function as a slow cooker, plugged in and running for however long you need it to go. So I don't know if that is all that efficient, aside from the fact that it's electricity. Right, yeah. But if you use the pressure cooker function, it's a fraction of the time to cook something. So I find this funny because I feel like I function as an instant pot. <laughs> I can be a slow cooker. I cook <laughs> under pressure. <laughs> And be careful when the steam erupts or whatever, yeah. the release. You have to slowly release me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the natural release, they call that, as opposed to a quick release, which is when you flip the switch and it goes, <laughs> careful, kids. Um, all right. So I make lots of things in my instant, in the pressure cooker in my instant pot, like mm. um, steam ribs in like 20 minutes and then finish them under the broiler or on the barbecue to kind of crisp. crisp yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Or stew. 
if I haven't planned ahead, I'd make stew in under an hour, beef stew, as opposed to having it sitting on the stove or in the oven all afternoon. Or like the other day, I took out hamburger like the day before mm. and it was in my fridge, but it still was frozen. Rock hard. Like the next day, I was like, why is this taking so long to thaw? So I put it in the instant pot, pressure cooked it for, I think, 17 minutes or something. Okay. It's not cooked all the way through. It's kind of pink in the middle still, but it was, I could break it up now. Yes. And then I could brown it and make my spaghetti sauce that I had planned to make. Or if you forget the chicken, it's rock hard. You can throw that in there. Anyways, I think lots of people know how to use an an instant pot, but Mm -hmm. here's something that I (laughs) certainly had never made in an instant pot. Had never made or eaten actually ever. Yes. And you have it in front of you at the moment. I do. If you listened to the episode with Chinese... Uh, lion's head pork meatballs. You might remember my friend Jenny talking about the traditions at Chinese New Year. And one of the things they like to eat is a Ning, I think it's called Ningao um, Chinese New Year cake. Yes. And she mentioned that I had made it because yep. she sent me the recipe. It's an instant pot um, Chinese New Year cake recipe. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, you should try this. I think, I don't think she actually expected that I was going to. <laughs> I made it like two days later and she was like, oh, I sent her a picture. And she's like, oh my God, you actually made it. Because <laughs> we had never even eaten it. Had no idea what to expect of it. I had no idea that this was traditional or I've never heard or seen it before for Chinese New Year. I think she told me that usually they, they just buy it. Oh, but, okay. Um, but she sent me this recipe and I will tell you what's in it. Glutinous rice flour, wheat starch, sea salt, cane sugar or Chinese brown sugar, water, coconut milk, Chinese sesame paste, vegetable oil, and that's it. Okay. My first question is what is the difference in Chinese brown sugar? I found mm-hmm. it at TNT, the Asian supermarket, mm-hmm. as uh, like we know brown sugar. Okay. Like a crumbly. Except it's dark, really dark. And if you smell it, it's like molasses. Like it's a much oh, okay, richer. Okay. And I would say, I didn't like, I, I should have maybe just tasted it, but I didn't. But the smell of it is like, that's molasses to me. Okay. So it's a much less refined sugar. I guess. I think as you get whiter sugar, oh, gets sure. more refined yeah. because they're taking the molasses content out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think. We'll go with that. The cane sugar is like a block, little block of okay. sugar. So in water on the stove, you're going to melt down those sugars. And then you're going to mix together coconut milk and uh, Chinese sesame mm-hmm. paste. Okay. Which is a little like tahini. That's kind of what it smells like okay. similar to tahini and then you have your wheat starch i happened to not be able to find wheat starch i had tapioca starch so i used that mm, okay um hopefully it didn't make a difference i have no idea because <laughs> i've never eaten it otherwise but and your glutinous rice flour you mix those together then you put your coconut and sesame paste into your sugar water so you've got wet ingredients put them into right. your dry ingredients. It's a very thin cake batter. When you mm. mix it together, mm-hmm. it lo- gets lumpy really, like it gets really lumpy. Okay, yeah. I don't know if it's just the types of flour and starch. You need to really work like with a spatula and work all the lumps out and then okay. strain it through a fine sieve. You want like a perfect batter. Yeah, you want okay. it nice and smooth. It's not that it takes a ton of time, I didn't think, just to push that through a sieve seemed fine to me. And then you put that little bit of vegetable oil, oil, it's like a tablespoon and a half in, and then it's good to go. Then you're gonna put it in your Instant Pot with like a cup of water in the bottom of your pot, your trivet, 
if you're putting in a pot inside the instant mm. pot, you don't want it sitting right on the bottom, I guess. So you oh, sit that your okay. cake pan gotcha. uh, on the trivet. And also a little tip I had read somewhere else was you could use tin foil and make like a sling mm. so that it's easy to pull it out. Because in my case, there was no room left around the pot right. to like grab it out. <laughs> it's in so, and it stays in forever. <laughs> it fit very nicely in the pot, but you need to be able to get it back out. And I think there are right. like silicone slings that you can buy, but you just fashion something out of foil. Just you can leave it in there while it oh smart cooks. You're going to cover the top with aluminum foil, high pressure for 38 minutes and a full natural release of your instant pot, which means you're not going to flip the switch and let it steam. You're going to let it, if you just leave it alone, it'll release itself slowly decompress and that's it and if you can stick a toothpick or a chopstick or something in the middle of your cake and it comes out clean it's done then you want to chill it completely before you attempt to get that thing out of the pan because i had no idea what to expect it came out and we were looking at it my family and i were looking at it, we're like it's like a gummy i said it's like a giant gummy candy in a pan it's like a, mm-hmm. the texture is so different than what i was thinking of a cake it doesn't follow along the lines of anything i would classify as a cake yeah from my experience exactly (laughs) so i think maybe the uh english translation they call it a cake but i Mm -hmm. think i think that's maybe for lack of a better term i think it's a dessert yes i'm not sure that it's really a cake and it's very firm like once it cools i had to you know, kind of loosen around the edges of the pan and just get a lifter underneath it. And once I could get it under and kind of all around the edges and work it up, um, then it kind of popped up and there Ta-da. it was. <laughs> and you can eat it as is. You can mm-hmm. warm it slightly on a nonstick pan, like fry it a little bit to mm-hmm. warm it up. Or some people like to dip it, dip your slice in mm-hmm. egg and then fry it a little bit. Think French toast, dip an egg, fried up. Okay, now you've heard how to make <laughs> Ningao Chinese New Year cake. I need to know what you think of this. So you gave this to me with a list you just described of the three different ways to eat it. Cold, fried, or French toast fried in an <laughs> egg. I still have some left here that I'm, I'm nibbling on because I'm trying to find a way to describe this texture. Have at it because I have no idea either. <laughs> So I liked it the best, either egg fried or pan fried. I liked frying it so that it got more of like a gummy texture, like it was softer. Mm -hmm. In when it's just cold, it kind of just, you can just kind of bite off pieces and it it kind of... It's very firm. It's very firm and it it breaks off into little pieces. Mm -hmm. What do you think it tastes like? So I think it kind of tastes like a plain tapioca pudding like a plain Mm. or a plain rice pudding. I don't know, like it's... Well, it is largely rice. That is kind of the main ingredient, the rice flour. It's like a sweet, sweet rice. I don't know. I really enjoy the flavor of this. I I like it in terms of flavor, all three ways. In terms of texture, I like it warmed up because then it's kind of chewy-er instead of crumbly. So I'm saving my last piece here because I'm going to go toss it in the frying pan after this so that I can eat it in its what I consider my favorite state of Ningao. Ningao, I think. Ningao. Probably. Okay. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. Yeah, no, I, I really like it. Like it's like a jello, but not jello-y. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I thought gummy. Put this, yeah, gummy is the best. Gummy texture, but a nice gummy. Not like a... Um, not a stick to your teeth gummy. Yeah. Like yeah. a bite through it yeah. gummy. But I like the flavor of it quite a bit. You know, I expected it to be sweeter. And I had said to you when I was making it, I'm like, it's almost like it's so much sugar. It's like 
rice and sugar. So I expected it to taste very sweet because it seemed to be so much sugar, but it's not. No, it's not super sweet. I wouldn't. It's so odd how it's interesting that way. I actually preferred it dipped in the egg and then fried. I'm with you. It needs to be warm because it the texture is just better when it's warm. And then you can actually like (sighs) use a fork and eat it more like, I guess, more like a cake. Um, my husband, he's been slicing it and just carrying it around, eating it cold. He likes it cold. He's the one eating most of it. That's awesome. You know, Jenny had told me it's a different taste. And usually when someone says to me something tastes different, I think, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> different is not the adjective for food, usually. <laughs> so I think she just meant it was probably new to us and mm-hmm. was not what we were expecting with either cake or dessert. So yeah, um, I do think it's really interesting. And it was pretty easy to make as long as you can find the ingredients. Like as we interact with more people from around the world and get outside of our little North American bubble, I realize that having an oven as we do in our kitchens is very unique and not standard. They don't have ovens Mm. they only have like stovetop type and countertop like appliances that they cook in so the fact that this is made traditionally in a steamer it's been adapted for the insupply it just ah right that makes sense that makes sense it it yeah it's very interesting about the the cultural and sort of structural things around their food that you start realizing as you explore different different food from different places right it's Mm-hmm. it's not that big of a aha, but it also like wakes you up a little bit and reminds you of some of these things, right? Yeah, and how it originated. Yeah. And now some smart person has adapted it for the Instant Pot, which people all over the world are now using. So you may not have a steamer, but you might have an Instant Pot. You could probably just do it in a pot on your stove too. If you don't have a trivet, you can use like canning jar lids on the bottom oh, of your pot. smart. You could put that in your Instant Pot too if you don't have a trivet. Ah. There you go. Yeah. So you could do that in a pot on your stove, I'm assuming. And maybe that would, you wouldn't get the pressure cook, but you'd get the steam. It might take longer. 30 minutes seems like a long time in a pressure cooker. So I'm assuming steaming this would take a long time. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. Very cool. Anyway, if anyone's interested, I did take some photos. It doesn't look like what you'd expect cake to look like. It looks like it might be fudge. Yeah, you know yeah, when you go to the like fudge, yes. little slices of fudge. Aha, that's what. It, yes, that's a good comparison. But it is nothing like it. Right. <laughs> yeah. At least we can describe what it looks like now. Even though we, <laughs> the texture and the taste are hard to describe. I really, really liked this. I thought it was great. I'm glad you were game to try it because it was oh, yeah. definitely new to all of us. I can see how it'd be something like you would look forward to if you got it annually and it was something special. Mm-hmm. Moving on with the Instant Pot. Yeah. Because it was a cake, I put in air quotes, um, <laughs> uh, it made me think what sort of cake, more like what we're familiar with in terms of cake, could I make in the Instant Pot pressure cooker? Oh boy, Aaron, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this is one of those things that now it's, I'm going to sound like some kind of a foodie snob or something, but when you look up recipes and the pictures don't really look that great, it's like, but I'm not sure I want to make that. <laughs> like, you're not selling it to me here when you have this recipe and your photo looks 
that cake looks kind of dry and not really awesome. And I'm not saying I'm any great food photographer, but if that's your, <laughs> that's the thing you're trying to sell. We assume you've taken your best photo yes. and put it up there. And then it makes you think, is the recipe not good? And I don't want to judge a book by its cover. However, I wasn't really all that intrigued. <laughs> what I've decided to do is just my own experiment. And that is to take a cake recipe okay. that is normally baked in the oven. And I'm going to figure out, I'm going to try to bake it in the instant pot. So I'm, oh my God. But not just, to, I'm going to pick something that is normally baked in a water bath, not yes. a cheesecake, but maybe a pudding cake or something like that. I'm excited to see you take something crazy on. I don't know how crazy it is, but I just feel like you should be able to, I mean, it's a cooking method, right? Yeah. Should be able to just, I don't know, because it's adapted. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if there's something I should be doing to adapt it or if I'm just, I might just try it and see what happens and then troubleshoot. If it doesn't work out, maybe I can figure out if it's too wet. Work in small batches. Yeah. <laughs> little ramekins, you know, exactly. like little, little individual portion sizes instead of a big pan, maybe. Right. That would be a good idea. Yeah. So this, I'm, I'm going to experiment. I'm excited about this. <laughs> Taste tester right here. Yeah. Oh, you're, you'll be tasting. Call testing. me as much as you need. Even if it fails <laughs> completely, you'll be, you ate the Chinese cake, even though it looked um, nothing like a cake you've ever eaten. And you gave that a go. And Oh, hard. absolutely. So I've got the best sort of taste tester there is because she's willing to eat just about anything. Yeah, I'll try just about all of it. I ate your persimmon jam and look, yeah. look what happened there. No, I, <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to come back and see what you do. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I have no idea what it's going to be. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose where to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas. If you switch providers, nothing changes about the delivery of these utilities to your home or business. If you have an existing contract, you're going to want to find out the terms before leaving. If you don't, then it's even easier to sign up for Park Power, as you, the consumer, have the choice of who you pay your bills to, why not choose your friendly local utilities provider? Learn more at parkpower.ca. Instant pot cake. Instant pot dessert. <laughs> dessert oh ladies. Honestly, I, I think I've come to mm. the conclusion that uh, <laughs> if you want to use your instant pot, focus on dinner. Right. Dessert. It's just such a strange, I think it's just a kind of a strange way to cook dessert. I, unless, yeah, unless you can eat cheesecake and because mm. that seems to be a popular one. And I think cheesecake would probably work quite well. Right. If you're like me and you can't eat it. You don't choose to make that one. So Aaron, I have a French word for you today. <gasps> I even looked on chef words to see if they've <laughs> covered it. They hadn't. I didn't see oh. it. There. But it's called clafouti. Claw footy is what you had. You heard That's what this? a chicken has. They have a claw footy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it sounds like to me. So that's... <laughs> well, you'll be able to remember it then. <laughs> claw footy. Just do that little thing with your hand. Claw footy is a classic French dessert. It's essentially fruit in custard. Okay. And traditionally, it's baked, not steamed. But okay. enough people had adapted it for the instant pot that I kept coming across it. And I was like, hmm, maybe this would be good because it's not 
a traditional cake in the sense of what I was looking for. Right. Because a custard, I thought, would steam better than perhaps a regular cake made with flour. I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. It just seemed better suited to the Instant Pot, in my mind. I feel like I would be highly surprised to see something come out of the Instant Pot in a dessert state that was fluffy. Like, I just can't see... Mm -hmm. That rises up. Fluffy happening in that place. A nice fluffy cake. (laughs) I know. And yet, and maybe that's why, as I said, those pictures I was seeing, I was like, "Mm, yeah. But I'm not tempted to make this cake. (laughs) I think it doesn't come across quite the way you think it's going to. Mm -hmm. Although plenty of people say they make them, whatever. You guys listening, go forth. Maybe we need, if anyone is an Instant Pot, like guru (laughs) maybe we could get the folks who did the recipe for the chinese new year cake because their whole website is instant pot pressure cooker recipes maybe they'll come on and talk there you go so a clafouti can i say that you made a framboise clafouti i did (laughs) i don't even want to say because it's a classic french recipe guess who has a very popular clafouti recipe online Julia Child. Julia Child. She sure did. So I followed Julia Child's recipe, which is, of course, her recipe was to bake in the oven, not the Instant Pot. But I sort of married this recipe with instructions for the Instant Pot clafouti that I found. But I used Julia's recipe. Now, traditionally, a clafouti is made with cherries, but it's not cherry season here and the little bag of cherries that I came across at the store was so expensive for a tiny little bag that I was like forget it and they don't even look good no they look like they've traveled far and they're tired <laughs> of traveling <laughs> so I was like no I, I decided to use something from my freezer because when I recently cleaned out my freezer I came across I've got a bit of fruit in there from last summer and even the summer before yes <laughs> it's like a time capsule yeah I would in fact, I was going to use Saskatoon berries because I thought, wow, I've got so many. Yeah. But uh, they're a bit of a different kind of texture. And I wasn't sure how they bake right. in a custard. So I just, I was like, mm, I'm not exactly sure. I could try it maybe later. But I went with raspberries because I thought that might work better. Mm-hmm. This was a trial and error. <laughs> and then another trial and hopefully a success. <laughs> I don't even really know. It was a day. I had a day yesterday. Okay. <laughs> It was, it was it when I came to your house to drop it I was just like take the cake <laughs> I'm impressed that you handed it to me and didn't like throw it <laughs> <laughs> here you go <laughs> okay let me tell you the custard so yeah um one and a quarter cups whole or two percent milk two-thirds okay cup of granulated sugar which you're going to divide one third goes in the batter the other third is to be sort of sprinkled on top oh okay three eggs a tablespoon of vanilla extract an eighth of a teaspoon of salt a cup of flour and in julia's recipe it is a pint or two generous cups of berries so off i go you mix up your custard batter in the blender whiz it all up and then you're going to put it into a buttered pan so depending on your instant pot how big it is right uh, you're going to have to find a pan that fits so and it has to be deep enough it needs to be because it's going to puff up a bit 
Right. Let me see if it says here. At least one and a half inches deep. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm going to guess that also depends on how big your pan is. If you have a smaller instant pot and you're using a smaller pan, you might only use some of the batter. I wouldn't, I mean, don't fill it to the top. Don't fill it to the top. Or make a big mess. <laughs> so kind of gauge it, you know, leave some room. How much did yours move up, would you say? It wasn't huge, but I would say it probably 50% okay. higher than the batter. I would say it puffed up a little bit. You're going to cover the bottom of your pan. It says a quarter inch layer, but just, you know, put some in the bottom, right. put your fruit on top, then pour the rest of the custard batter on that. And then sprinkle with your sugar, cover it with foil. Oh, okay. yep. your instant pot. As I talked earlier about having a sling. Yes. Made yes. Out of foil. That helps a lot to get it in there because your hands won't fit with the pot. Seal it and at high temperature whatever they call it the high setting for 30 minutes oh okay then let it release naturally you have the option it either releases its steam itself or you can let it go right do a natural release and then take it out put a knife or a toothpick or whatever in to see that it's set mine was not set mine was kind of a mess (laughs) oh no (laughs) let me tell you Oh, God. Okay, so I think the two generous cups of fruit was too much. Uh, I don't know if it was too much for the size of my pan or because it's raspberries that have been frozen. They were too moist. Okay. It kind of bubbled up. It didn't bubble over. Yeah. But it wasn't set and it pretty much went to the top of the pan and it just looked like a red kind of gooey blob. Ooh. And it's supposed (laughs) to look more like what you received which I'll talk about in a minute. Take what, two. Take two, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, let's see here. <laughs> so so what happened to the blob? Oh, my husband's been eating it because he oh, likes good. it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, as long as it's still getting eaten, I mean, that's the important part. You know what? It tastes good. It tastes like, like raspberry. It tastes so. good. Like the custard completely got lost. I was like, the, okay, this didn't work. There's not even really any point in trying to salvage it. So I just scooped it all out. My husband took a big bowl of it and went off down to the office and he was happy as could be. And I was, I tried it, but I was like, okay, but it tastes like raspberries. It doesn't taste a lot like anything else. Okay. So take two. (laughs) This is not the first time I've had to redo a recipe from scratch in the same day. I was just like, at least it's not macarons. This is like much easier. And, And honestly, it's really quick to put that, mix up that batter in a blender. Right, right. One step that I did that I didn't mention the first time, I will mention this time, but it was the secret ingredient. Did you, just before I get into it, did you detect anything other than vanilla custard and raspberries? No. Okay. Too bad because I was, I didn't either when I ate it, but (laughs) but it was in there and that was lavender. Oh, I, how did you get lavender? uh, Well, from this little uh, spice dealer I know named Sarah Soma (laughs) Sundaram. I texted Sarah and I said, does Sarah's spice cupboard happen to have dried lavender buds? And she was like, of course it does. So I stopped over there and picked up some lavender from her. All right. Because I had seen this method in another raspberry lavender clafu tea recipe, a baked one, not an instant pot one. I don't know if that would have made any any difference. But you put your lavender, it's like little buds. You put a teaspoon of them and I put them into my um, mortar and pestle. Yeah. The little, which one's the mortar? Which one's the pestle? Mortar's the bowl? 
I think so. I think the pestle's the pounder. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, I put it in there with the third cup of sugar and worked it all up. And oh my, once you start like breaking that down, the smell of that lavender and sugar. Oh, oh I was like, this is going to be so good. <laughs> well, <laughs> it should have been appeared. It disappeared in the custard. Wow. I'm not sure this other person who who published a recipe using lavender and raspberry in a clafoutis said that it worked. I don't know. It was from a French cookbook, apparently. Anyway, <clears throat> well, didn't really work for me, but the method is all the same. This time, however, I happen to have a little pint of raspberries from the store, mm -hmm. kind of the right. big ones that we often see in the store. They're not the little sweet ones that grow here. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I had them because I was going to garnish something else with them for a photo that I was planning. And I was like, well, I'm just going to use these instead. And instead of measuring the raspberries, mm -hmm. I just placed them on top of that little layer of custard on the bottom until it was kind of covered and I didn't pile them on. Yes, exactly. Like a single layer of raspberries. And then mm -hmm. I put the custard on top and I only, I barely sprinkled it with sugar this time. I did not do an extra third cup of sugar like the recipe said because that was seemed far too sweet in the raspberry mess that i had the first time around <laughs> then i steamed it the same way in the instant pot okay. and it came out looking like it was supposed to look right I was like oh my okay i think this actually <laughs> this worked it was set you could see the custard with the raspberries i was like oh yeah. okay the instant pot recipe that i was following had said you could eat it as is you could finish it um, under the broiler with a sprinkle of sugar to kind of caramelize oh, the top yeah, a little yeah. bit if you want. So I put it into the broiler only to brown it slightly because it was very oh. white colored, but I don't think you needed to do that. I think okay. it was just fine. I was going to ask how you got that color because it was yeah. like the, like a crust. Yeah. I, right? So I just put it under the broiler ah. just long enough to start to see it brown a little bit. And then I took it out. They say eat it um, warm. So I delivered yep. it to you slightly warm. It was still warm. <sighs> When Let's you talk. evicted it from your house. That's just <laughs> when I punted it over to you. <laughs> Get this out of my life. Oh my God. What'd you think of clafouti? You gave it to me and said, at least try some. You don't have to eat it all. Oh, I happily dug in and ate the whole thing. Oh, well, that's good. It was, yeah, it was not hard to eat. <laughs> <laughs> it had a very interesting texture again. Like I wouldn't have even guessed that it was a custard. Hmm. I was going to ask like what I was very curious to see what you had done to make the batter because and we've been having this discussion about the Chinese New Year cake that you made and trying to describe the texture. Mm -hmm. It's a very hard <laughs> texture to describe. I think in other parts of the world, perhaps yeah. this is a familiar thing, like a baked or like a baked custard. And perhaps the texture is different if you were to bake it in the oven. I don't actually know because I haven't tried it And that's what I wonder. Yet. Yeah, because I think of like custards when I've had them and they're a little bit, they're not as, they're not as gelatin or not as set, mm -hmm. I guess, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I would have pictured it to be softer. I really liked it. It was, it was really tasty. I liked it with the raspberry. I thought those flavors went really good together. And it was like eating like a raspberry tart. I enjoyed it too, actually. Once I, <laughs> once I got, I came back from dropping it off to you and I actually sat down and had a slice and, yeah. and appreciated it. 
And perhaps with the lavender, I could have reserved some of that lavender sugar and sprinkled it on at the, when you eat it, maybe sprinkle some on or something. Right. Because the lavender, I was so disappointed that it didn't come through because it smelled so yeah. amazing. And I really wanted that flavor because I thought this is so interesting. I want this to work. Yeah. Oh, that's too yeah. bad. That's strange how it got lost. Mm -hmm. And I, it would be interesting to see what the texture would be like if you baked this. Now, even Julia's mm -hmm. recipe, when you put that first layer on, you put it on the stovetop. It has to be a flame proof, if you have flame heat, like an element proof pot, like your pan. And you warm it up, overheat just enough to start to set that bottom layer. And oh, put your fruit on top and then you pour the like so you have kind of a set layer on the bottom. I don't know if it's just looks cool, like looks fancy when you cut it or what, but interesting. Um, that was an extra step that was not included in the instant pot because what I don't see the point. Why would you do that? Yeah, very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm really impressed that you took one recipe not made for an instant pot, like an oven based recipe and then adapted it to the instant pot. I don't honestly know why I didn't just use the full-on Instant Pot Clafouti recipe. I don't know. I just thought it's Julia's recipe. It's got to be. Yeah, the, it's got to be a French one, right? It's like, got to be something. Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be something good. I mean, it just seemed like I'm gonna try Julia's recipe. I think it's a dessert that we're just not typically accustomed to, mm -hmm. but I think it's perfectly good. It's yeah. I think it's not a thing that we are accustomed. Making. No, I don't think custards are a common thing to have in North American baking. Mm -hmm. I wonder why that is. For some reason, yeah. I place them as more British than French. Like I would put a, I would, I would say, oh, custard. Oh, that's a British thing. That's what I would think right away. That would be my first thought. And I don't yeah. know why. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and I don't know the history. If anybody knows the history of it, feel free to let us know. I feel like there's still a lot more to learn about this recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I went from just wanting to bake a cake in the Instant Pot and I ended up making two completely different recipes from two completely different parts of the world that neither of us had ever eaten or made before and neither of them are really a <laughs> cake I had envisioned. <laughs> I feel like the good old oven is the best place to bake a cake. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I enjoyed trying these different cakes that have these different textures mm -hmm. i i think it's super interesting yeah i um yeah i enjoyed it too actually despite the frustrate the chinese new year cake was a piece of cake like <laughs> piece of cake it was a piece of cake cake so easy yeah the french of course the french recipe has to be more difficult i mean they probably don't want you making it in an instant pot because it's not <laughs> true to the classic it's not French. It's not French. You think that they're using <laughs> Instant Pots over there? Okay, everybody, if you're willing and adventurous, here's a couple of recipes you can try. If you want to make a sweet dessert with your Instant Pot, totally doable. I think you just have to adjust your expectations because it's not going to be a cake. And so. maybe try cheesecake because that one seems to be very popular in the Instant Pot. And I would mm. love to hear from those of you who consume cheesecake how it turns out. And now for the fine print. Join us over on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. And on our website at threekitchenspodcast.com. And remember, when you like, follow, subscribe, and review, it helps more people find us. Thank you so much for listening.
piece I gave you. It was like two thirds of the I wish you wouldn't have told me that. <laughs>